Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 100-something, the post-85th Masters edition. Travis and I have just returned to our homes in North Carolina and Connecticut, respectively, from our amazing week at Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, We got to experience so many amazing things. They're almost too many to count. But we're going we're gonna to run down a few of the things that we experienced that we detailed on the official Masters podcast, and we're going to run down a few things that you just don't say at Augusta. Real quickly, before Travis and I break down our week at the Masters, which had several variables, including key purchases at the Masters patron shop and cold beer reviews, you're not going to want to miss this. Make sure to check out Scott Van Pelt's podcast, the SV Pod. If you want more Masters talk, make sure to check it out. Scotty, certainly one of the iconic voices of the Masters. All right, Travis, now it's time for us to break down our week at the Masters. Man, I still can't believe we get to do it. Let's, I just hope that they don't figure us out. Um, first of all, let's start with right now. You sent me a text. What, what's going on with your microphone right now, Marty? Okay, so every year when we go to the Masters, Travis asks me to pack my ESPN podcast microphone, which is a black microphone that plugs into your USB port on your laptop. You then plug earphones into the microphone base, and you can create something that resembles studio quality audio through your zoom machine. We didn't know with guests potentially down there, if because of, you know, COVID protocol, we'd have to do a zoom interview. So I asked you just bring the mic just in case, which we've had to do in the past. In November, we did a couple of them. Yeah. So just to be safe, I brought my microphone. Well, the best way to pack the microphone, because the base is larger in circumference than the top of the microphone i flipped the microphone upside down and shoved it down in my backpack well it's been in there for nine days without being touched we never did need it at augusta and somewhere along the way during the week one of the trail mix packs that i bought in the lobby at the partridge inn which is a whole other conversation must have exploded in my backpack. So in the little grooves on the head of the microphone, there is trail mix just shoved and slammed and smashed and congealed within the top of the microphone. But Travis says that it sounds good, so it's aesthetically displeasing. I mean, it looks disgusting, but I'm glad it sounds good. That I feel like it's just par for the course for you. That's what Lainey said. I, I sent Lainey the same picture I sent you. And you know, she said, you are a grown-up version of Cameron. That's my 15-year-old, y'all. Who? Any of y'all who have a 15-year-old, you know what their room looks like. It looks like a tornado came blowing through there. There's clothes everywhere. Like every time I walk up there, I'm like, son, take the ice cream bowl and put it in the sink and clean it out. All of you parents of teenagers can relate. And this is why on Sunday, 
when you dropped me off at the hotel and you made your trek back home, I sent you and Lainey a text and I said, Lainey, I'm giving Marty back to you. He's all <laughs> yours again. Good luck. Yeah, it takes a village. Uh, I was getting ready to go out and do a live shot on Sunday morning. I think it was Sunday morning, not Saturday morning, but Sunday morning, I'm getting ready to, I put on my makeup. Poor Travis had to watch me for eight straight days, slap makeup on my face. Uh, he's probably emotionally scarred forever, but I've got my makeup on. I get my earphones so I can talk to the, the desk, whether that was Scott Van Pelt, Matt Barry, Michael Eves, Sage Steele, Curtis Strange, Andy North, everybody that does such a great job for us there. We have these headphones, you know, that we talk to them remotely when we're in different positions on the course. And I felt like I was completely dialed in. Well, little did I know that my collar on my jacket was popped like Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell in 1988. So it wasn't even who I don't even remember who it was. It wasn't you. Somebody else goes, hey, dude, fix your collar. I, I remember I had to fix it once. So it was probably one of the cameramen. Well, it takes a village, man. It, it really does. So Travis and I had, I, it's, uh, it was an experience beyond word. This was our best experience yet, I think. Now, overall, I would say the greatest experience that we've had is seeing Tiger Woods win the Masters. Okay, so that's, that's almost an obvious, uh, obvious assertion. But in terms of watching a golf tournament as a fan – because of the way that the Masters unfolded this year, there were those beautiful television camera shots behind greens on the hill at 16 that we love seeing. And we have new perspective on those. Because November disallowed that. November, we did not have patrons there, and it was barren landscape. And the energy that comes from the people that we love so much about the masters. Yeah. We, us three, or us two together have been to three very different masters. There was 2019 with tiger pulling off the greatest comeback in sport. There was November, 2020 with basically nobody out there. It was one family member per golfer and people working at the masters. And then this one, which was, it's hard to put a percentage because you don't know the total number that is usually there, but I'm guessing it's probably like 10 to 15% of the total that would be there, maybe 20, but it allowed you to go out there and still take in the course with patrons. The wonder was there. And that's because the patrons were back and yes, it was not capacity by any stretch, but there was enough people there with that, this is perfection. Look on their faces. The energy was in the air. The, the all was in the, like, you could see that sparkle. In their you eyes. and I sat at Amen Corner for a three-hour period on Saturday. We sat at the 17th tee box for three hours on Friday and maybe four hours on Sunday. A long time. Just taking in golf. And, and, fellowshipping with other patrons. I mean, every single day, people were approaching me wanting to talk college football or they want to talk about the NASCAR race on dirt at Bristol or they want to talk about what it was like to chat with Tiger Woods. 
a couple years back. Whatever that was, we, we had that fellowship with the patrons while also having the proximity to the golfers because of the reduced number of patrons. It was just an amazing experience. And we don't, I, I hope that that may come across braggadocious. That's not what it's meant to be, guys, at all. It's just to try to give you, to paint a picture for you of what it was like. And it was uh, obviously an historic Masters tournament. Hideki Matsuyama wins the Masters and is the first player from Japan not only to ever win the Masters, but to ever lead the Masters. And we were talking about this Sunday on the official Masters podcast on Sunday evening, not only myself and all of the announcers that, you know, Jim Nance and everyone involved with CBS, all of our analysts at ESPN, we were discussing what Hideki had on his shoulders. And it's something that I think, this is my opinion, quite literally no American can understand, truly understand. No. Because, you know, maybe Michael Phelps, maybe. Because you're you're an individual. I mean, I guess not, really. Maybe not even Michael Phelps, because like Mark Spitz in the past, an individual sport, when you're carrying an entire nation on your shoulders, the difference for Matsuyama is that nobody had ever done it before. You are attempting to create history on behalf of an entire country. And he admitted after the round that the nerves, he, he, he thought he would be able to sleep just a little bit. He got up entirely too early on Sunday morning because he couldn't turn his mind off. And then the nerves began before the first tee, and the nerves were present all the way until he tapped in for bogey to win the Masters tournament. And that's just a heavy load, man. And now, you know, our guy Andy North, ESPN's lead golf analyst, said something on Sunday morning before we got to work that Travis actually heard right before I went on radio that blew our minds. There will be more pressure on Hideki tomorrow to win this tournament than anybody who's ever led a major championship. And because in Japan, if he's the Masters champion, it will be worth a billion dollars to him over the rest of his career. Think about this. Opening ceremony is the Olympics, and he walks in in his green jacket. Uh It's going to be unbelievable if he wins. Think about that, Travis. It's not something that was top of mind for me. Carrying the, the country was top of mind for me, but the residual impact in terms of sponsorship, in terms of prestige, in terms of all of those residual income attributes, it lives forever. Hideki Matsuyama is going to be 75 years old and still making however much money to go relive his Masters Championship in Japan. I saw people tweet, you know, like because when Andy North first said it, I like, I did a double take, went back and double checked it to make sure I heard it correctly. And then I saw people after the victory saying, I'll be worth this much, this much. And Van Pelt was one of the people saying, keep going north, north. It's, I mean, that country loves golf, loves it. And he's the first. And so he's a national hero over there. And you're right. When he's 75 years old, people are still going to be paying him 
to talk about this one weekend. It's just, um, I just thought it was really, really beautiful. Did you see though? Uh, you probably didn't because it was on lot. Most of it was on Twitter. As Sunday, he was spotted uh, at the airport. I, saw, I did back, see that, and he's just carrying his green jacket around. I thought that was really cool. I thought that something that really moved me, and I watched it a few times, even though it's a two-second video, was after all of the pleasantries with the competitors, of course, Xander Shoffley was playing alongside Hideki Matsuyama on Sunday at, at Augusta. After all the congratulatory pleasantries, Hideki's caddy walked over, reinserted the pin in the hole on the 18th green, took his hat off and bowed to the golf course. I thought it was just the most beautiful, humble offering of respect for what they'd just done and the opportunity to do what they'd just done. And next year, if we get the blessing of doing the podcast again for Augusta National and the Masters, and we obviously will have to use Hideki's translator in order to do that if we do that. I hope we get the caddy too because I would love to chat with him about why, about what that was, uh, whether that was uh, something that was born from custom. I just would love to know uh, what led him to do that because I did think it was just a a stunning moment. It it, it was – it was moving. I think is the best word that I could come up with. Um, but man, it, he made it interesting there on 15. He did make it interesting on 15. It looked like he was going to walk away with it because he'd been so steady all day. He hits it in the water on 15. All of a sudden we have a two stroke match at that point. We got us a ball game and then Shoffley promptly hits it in the drink off the tee on 16. And I want to say this about Xander. After the round, he wasn't mad. He wasn't, like, calling himself stupid. He's like, look, I was down. I was chasing. I got to go win it. And it's easy for us to sit here and go, or maybe even him, maybe here on a Tuesday morning, he's sitting there having his coffee wherever he is and going, man, maybe I should have done X, Y, Z. But – I'm, that guy is rapidly becoming a favorite of mine because of his candor. He is, he's very self-confident in his game and completely fearless in saying what he thinks. And man, in our business and in society today, that's a beautiful trait. And I, I, I mean, I, this week I became so much bigger a fan of his. Yeah, so his shot on 16, he said he had it flush. It was just the wind. He didn't have it predicted as what it was. But back to becoming, you know, a fan of him, you're right. You know, we obviously knew of him. He He's a big name. But, you know, you got to interview him on Tuesday and how open and honest he was about the 2019 Masters quickly made me a fan of him. Yeah, blew my mind. You just don't you don't see somebody look you in the eye and say that very often. It was a lot like Tony Stewart 
was a lot like Kevin Harvick was, Kyle Busch, kind of from my NASCAR days. The difference is, is that I was with those guys every single week. And Xander doesn't know me from Adam. So I just found it to be so refreshing when I asked him. So for, for the backstory, for those of you who may not know exactly what happened in 2019, through 14 on Sunday, he was the leader of the Masters, co-leader. And he told me it made me hit a bad tee shot on 15. <laughs> um, I looked up at the board and saw that I was, you know, co-leading. And uh, I was, I remember I've told the story before. I sat on the tee box and was thinking, holy shit, I'm leading the Masters, you know. And then I my drive right in the trees on 15. And it was a bit of a mess coming in. Um, so I was happy I was able to collect my thoughts for the most part, but a good experience for me to have um, and learn from. That level of honesty and candor was awesome. One other cool thing about Shoffley, which I also reported on SportsCenter, there was a great photograph taken on Saturday. So Max Homa, who won Riviera a couple weeks ago, uh, is really close with Xander. They're buddies. And he missed the cut for the Masters. But he stayed around to support Xander, and he watched him on Sunday. And J.D. Cuban took a great photo of Max watching Xander play on Saturday. And Max retweeted the picture and said, y'all, look, I had a couple beers. I had to take a leak. That's why it looks like I have a belly. I will take no further questions at this time. The young stars of this game, I really feel great about where the game is. I had several people ask me this week, Travis, on radio interviews, if these young players are trying to emerge from Tiger's shadow. And it's such an interesting conversation because I think the answer is no. I look at it like country music, and I got to shout out my guy Jason Fitz from ESPN Radio because – he actually brought that up to me on the radio. He's like, it's a lot like country music because I don't, in my opinion, I don't think the Justin Thomas's Rory's, I don't think those guys, certainly the younger guys than them, are trying to emerge from Tiger's shadow. I think that they are, they want to champion his influence in their game. Just like young artists champion Waylon and Willie and Cash and Chris and you know Reba and the, everybody as influences to be motivated and inspired to become what they became. And that's the way I see this. And with all of these young players, uh, really dynamic personalities. I just talked about Xander. I just talked about Homa. Um, Tony Finau is going to – once he gets one, I just think it's going to be one of those avalanche deals. He hasn't won in more than five years, but once he gets one, I, I mean, he, he's – to Max Holmes point, told us before the tournament, he's clearly one of the best players in the world. Jordan Spieth is still so young. And Jordan is back. Tiger Woods and – how we expect the other golfers to succeed is kind of similar to Nick Saban in college football. And that because Nick Saban has had this great success, all these other program and programs and their fans think that their program should be doing the same thing when it's probably more the outlier than the expect than what should be happening. But because he's there, people expect someone else to come up and be great. Also just like him. 
Speaking of Coach Saban, we saw him on the course on Sunday, actually hanging out with JT's dad. We were crossing the 13th. Where were we? We were crossing two. We were crossing two. So we were were crossing the second fairway, and we saw Coach uh, across the way, walked over, said hello. I walked up to him and said, they'll let any old cuss in here. Spent a few minutes with Coach, cut up a little bit, and and made our way on down to the 17th tee and spent some great time there. We saw Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, spent a lot of time with him and some other members of the Irish staff. We saw uh, my buddy Shane Beamer, who's now the head coach, of the South Carolina Gamecocks, spent some time fellowshipping with him and his wife, Emily. A damn coaching clinic broke it out really at It really was. I mean, a damn coaching clinic broke out. They were talking practice and how to run periods and all kinds of crazy stuff. That was, you know, you've been around it more than I have, obviously, and so you've heard, but uh, for me, that was cool just to hear them talking about how they manage their practices morning, afternoons, how if, you know, going heavy, going light, and just hearing the different things that obviously you're not going to hear in a normal, you know, coach press conference, or whatever, when they're just chopping it up with other coaches and, you know, sharing, you know, ideas and things. On Saturday, we were sitting at Amen Corner and Jimmy Johnson, my brother from another from way back, the seven-time NASCAR champion, they came over and spent some time with us, laughing at each other. They were making fun of my straw hat I wear every single day at the masters to keep the sun away from my West Virginia state flower satellite dish ears for anybody wondering, imagine the straw hat that coach Saban has worn in practices. It's that, but just with a master's, you know, kind of logo on it. Master's ribbon around the top. So let's get to, uh, outside of being there in the golf, the the highlight and maybe one of the greatest decisions you've ever made in your entire life. Maybe, I mean, behind asking Laney to marry you, I don't know what would go ahead of this one. It was Friday morning. You're getting ready to do a um, TV shot. And there was this real dramatic statement. It was quiet. And you just go, I'm going to make an executive decision. And he paused and I, look over and I go, all right, let's hear this one. <laughs> and you said, Travis, walk over to the patron shop right now, pull out the credit card, buy two master's chairs. Thank me later. And this is my, I, I've thanked you many times, but this is my official, this is a brilliant decision because instead of us walking around and standing and trying to take it all in, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we took those chairs out there and they've paid for themselves in the time that we spent sitting there watching golf 10 feet from us. Yeah. And so we had been hard headed. I've been hard headed ever since I've been going to the masters about getting a, getting a master's chair. And I couldn't believe. So when Travis goes, they're 30 bucks. I was like, dude, go get them now because I'm old and standing makes my old back hurt. And I know this much. We stayed out on the course so much longer each of those days because we had the chair. No no debate. It can't be debated. Well, and so here's the thing, though. is In 20, we couldn't buy the chair, so we weren't going to have them. 
And in 19, outside of plopping it down at one spot and, you know, doing it early in the morning and, you know, how the patrons normally are, this was a rare year where you could take your chair and walk around and sit down and move around if you wanted to. And so we took full advantage of it. Now, my question is, what is your favorite spot that we set at? 17 T. Now here's why. Because of the number of patrons that were there, we were able to sit roughly 10 feet from the tee box, kind of up on an embankment. And we could see through the tee box all the way to the 16th pin. And then if we looked catty corner to our left from where we were sitting, we could see the 16 tee box. So we could see the groupings, tee off on 16, putt on 16, walk over to 17 directly in front of us, 8 or 10 feet in front of us, and tee off all the way down 17. It was just, it was like adult Disney World. It was the greatest thing ever. And what was also nice is the cold beer. The, well, I'm going to get there on this. On the sixth fairway, you had one of the giant uh, scoreboards so we could stay updated on what's going on. Then you had a little action that you couldn't see much, but you could hear if anything happened on six. Then you have to cross seven to get to the restroom or get a cold beer. But then you can, if you have to stop, it's because someone's teeing off. So you stop there and you walk over, use the restroom, grab yourself a cold drink and come back. I mean, we were so close on 17T that if someone was on the tee box, you literally couldn't whisper. The Masters this year debuted a new cold beer. It's called Crow's Nest in homage to the Crow's Nest above the champion's locker room that the amateurs stay in during the week at the Masters. And let me tell y'all something. This is phenomenal cold beer. It was kind of a lemon shandy type of idea. Laney and I, one of our favorite beers is Line and Kugel's Summer Shandy. We got a whole fridge full of it downstairs because we're getting to that time of year when you're on the lake and you want that refreshing fruity pop. And... I couldn't believe how delicious it was. And Travis and I both came home with cups stacked to the moon because it has its own cup. It's a green cup that says crow's nest in cursive script and has a picture of the crow's nest tower. And it has the master's logo underneath it. How many did you come home with? Like 10? Uh, maybe. I think so. Because the, the crow's nest cups, you can only get on the course. Yeah, I think I came home with like six or set, something like that. Speaking of your green cups, uh, I saw on Instagram yesterday that they've quickly have started to hold different liquids. Oh, my. Um, I come home from the Masters. I got home at 2 a.m. or whatever time it was. A lot later than I expected to on Sunday night, Monday morning. And, you know, I basically, Travis and I leave the course Sunday evening around 9.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30, yeah. something like that. And I basically kicked him out of my truck on my way home. I took him back to the Partridge Inn 
booted him out of the house, out of the truck and stood on the throttle to get to the house, ran into some obstacles on the way home, but that's a whole other story. Um, and just put my st- I've washed out all my cups first thing Monday morning, left them on the counter to dry. And the next thing, you know, I go live, I go work out in my, in my basement, come back upstairs and my daughters have overtaken the kitchen Island with all of their crafts that they're doing. They have these things called squishies. And when the paint starts to wear off the squishies, they sandpaper down the squishy and repaint them. So they were in the process of doing this. And I look and I had to do like a quadruple take. They were using one of my Green Masters beer cups for their dirty paint water. And I just put my head in my hands and said a prayer of patience. Lord, I need you to give me patience right now because I have plenty of Masters cups. I'm fine. No big deal. It's not a big deal. It's okay. But I put that on Instagram. These were the green ones. All I wrote was fatherhood, dot, dot, dot. These were the the many parents have written me back that they had similar experiences. One guy wrote me, I showed it to Laney this morning. One guy wrote me, he goes, oh my gosh, one of my clear cups just last week got used for Easter egg dye. I thought I was going to lose my mind. See, the big thing to me though, it's it, they were the green ones and literally a day earlier were holding crow's nest. Correct. Pray for me. Yeah. The, the lowest point of the weekend and this is probably more because I live up in Connecticut, but it still hit you too. Man, Pollen won on the week on when we were down there. Pollen yeah. was so out so for force. me. For me, Pollen is undefeated. Everyone knows that I call it Satan dust. Everyone knows that I have the worst seasonal allergies ever. My wife is a savant. Three weeks ago, she got me Zyrtec, twenty-four hour Zyrtec and told me to start the regimen then. I did not do that because I'm Marty. About 10 days out from the Masters, I started my Zyrtec regimen. It was infinitely beneficial to me. But, yeah, the average pollen count was probably 11, 10.7 to 11, which is very high every single day. And, y'all... As hard as it was on me, Pollen Pollen whipped Travis's ass. It was like Mike. It was like Mike Tyson in '88, just full of fury and a one swing knockout punch. I, I I think I ended up rallying, but Wednesday I think was the worst. It was the one. I think Wednesday when we got back to the hotel, I took a shower. And then got a towel as hot as possible, laid down and just put it over my face. Hey, welcome to the South in the spring, dude. I mean, it's I'm right outside my yesterday was in, 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 in Charlotte. The pollen count yesterday was like 11.2. You could so, see it blowing in the like Laney is like, what are you doing? I will. I parked my truck outside yesterday. I normally park it in my garage. I parked it outside. I got in it to go run an errand with my wife. And I said, watch this, watch this, watch this. And I turned on the windshield wiper just to watch the pollen. But she goes, you are such a, like, you're a clown. I mean, 
so your this pollen count is it just on a weather app or how do you i have a pollen application on my phone <laughs> i can check it every day i know exactly what the pollen count is in whatever town whatever zip code i happen to be standing so that i can properly prepare i mean you can see right now travis and i do this on zoom you can see that i have a bandana uh, tied around my neck that's because if i happen to have to take the dog out I mean, that's the one, the mask really helped with the pollen. Yeah, big time. It cre- big time. It kept it off, but also like created like a humidifier. And we didn't really it. wear our masks to ward off COVID-19. We wore a mask to ward off the Satan dust. Now, we got tested every four days down there. Yes, the deep ones. Yeah, man. So the Tickling second one. my gray matter. The second one that I did down there sticks it up there and I, I react to it. And she goes, oh. Your nose hairs are sensitive. <laughs> and I was polite and didn't say anything, but I wanted to say, no, I've got a giant swab stuck up my nose and poking my brain. That's right. Yeah. You, you just shoved a spear into my cerebellum. Thank you. So we've mentioned the chairs. We've mentioned the hat. The I, posed this question, I posed this question to you and I said, save it. You also got a uh, vest that you absolutely love mostly because you were cold, which is just baffling. But I asked you to rank chairs, straw hat, vest. Okay, this so so vest is out because that was real. even though I, I bought it because I was cold, it's really like that's that's what I would consider an amenity. The chair if I really wanted to, I could sit down on my butt on the ground. So that is more of an amenity as well. The answer is undoubtedly the hat because I am as pale as ginger Irish Scottish. I've never seen anyone that's more pale than I am. So it's definitely the hat. I mean, that hat saves me, man. It Covers up my forehead, nose, entire face, ears, and neck. I did. From the sun. And for me, a, that is an invaluable, invaluable resource. I When I got back to the hotel on Sunday, I didn't even realize it just because we're out there and your, things are going on. Realized how much sun I got on Sunday. Um, but I will say to the chair, you say that you would sit on the ground or you could. You aren't sitting on the ground unless there's something between you, your pants, and the ground. That is a fact. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, even even when I gave up my master's chair for Jimmy's wife, Shanny, much to her, she, she was very reluctant. I sat on the master's chair bag, which is also spectacular. But, yeah, the, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, my pants are really tight. They're very well tailored. Alton Lane. If you, a lot of you guys mentioned my suits. That's where I get them. Alton Lane out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, go there. Buy your suit. Trust me. Uh, but they're so my pants are so well tailored that it could get dicey if I wasn't very careful in the way I sit down. The chair dispels that issue. Now, I got to shout out my boy Zach Hendricks. 
the reason that I have the Masters Nick Saban straw sun hat is because last November I was getting torched. And I had met Zach at Amen Corner. He was working in merchandising at the time at, at the Masters at Augusta National. And he walked over to me at Amen Corner. I was there all by myself. And we had this amazing conversation about my book and its impact and how much it moved him. And his willingness to come tell me that really moved me. And I, I, I texted him and I, we, had, we shared uh, exchange numbers at that moment. Two days later, I text him, hey, um, how do I get one of those sun hats? And Zach arranged it for me. You know, he, he, not only did he arrange it, he delivered it. He was there within like 30 minutes. This man. Amazing. Amazing. I did not get to see Zach this time around at the Masters, but I am very grateful for him and his kindness. Now, one thing that didn't make the air for the Masters podcast, but we'll make it here. Adam Schefter, colleague at ESPN, host of Adam Schefter podcast, was there. And he talked about the course and how nice it was. And then he had this to say, comparing it to his own house. It is truly a treat to be here. There are a lot of things. I think Dwayne Wade said it best. We were talking to him last night, right? Not that I don't mean that as a name dropping thing, but we're sitting okay. around. And he said, it feels like you walk onto the set of a painting. And I think that's very well said. The thing that strikes me is I'm walking around out there and we have five Labradoodles at home. We've got five dogs. So we have a turfed off area of artificial turf, field turf. The grass out here, the real grass, looks nicer than the field turf that we have home that my dogs take a crap on. <laughs> Adam Schefter is a national treasure. I mean, we belly laughed. I'm proud of him. He went two days, probably combined, what, 12 hours or so without a cell phone? That's a big, it's big for him. He told us on the Masters podcast he hasn't gone his entire adult life that long he had his phone when his wife gave birth to his daughter i just shake my head man like god bless i'm glad it's him god bless him but he is right that that course is so manicured and there's not one piece of grass that's out of place and it was the course in november was still awesome but having those colors back yeah it was beautiful it's great popped. to have the azaleas back in full bloom. They looked absolutely beautiful. And the green is just so green. Um, it's just a beautiful thing to be there. We could, there's not enough superlatives to even begin to try to describe it. And I hope for every one of you that someday you get the opportunity to go because to say it's, it's, it's even beyond bucket list. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a fantasy world and you, you kind of forget that you're like you're in this place that like you you feel like you're just in a like you said fantasy. You forget that what's going on outside is and I you know when we were sitting there amongst the many dumb things that we said I I said I I know Joe Diffie wanted to be propped up next to the jukebox when he dies. I go if you just prop me up next to Amen Corner, I'll be good to go. Yeah, put a put a crow's nest in Travis's hand. 
Put some sand in I mean, his boots. It's 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 just it's so hard to explain. And you know, Van Pelt once told us a couple years ago, it's like trying to explain vanilla ice cream to somebody that's never had ice cream. Well, I would I agree, but I think it would be more like a rocky road or birthday cake with lots of beautiful color and lots of popping taste but i thought you were gonna say reese's blizzard lots of vividity uh well it was an amazing week uh we're so fortunate that we got to be there we're so grateful to augusta national golf club everybody at the masters for believing in us and including us and we can't wait to do it again next april in 2022 and we'll see if Hideki Matsuyama can join Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, and Nick Faldo as a back-to-back Masters champion. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for all of our law enforcement officials all over the country for keeping our community safe. Thank you so much to our first responders, firemen, for everything you do. Thank you so much to the United States military, all branches, for your sacrifice so that we can live in a free land. Yeah, so we it's can go to beautiful of blessings. So we can go to the masters. Have an amazing week, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting Marty Smith's America. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Send Travis and me feedback uh, either in your review or on Twitter at Marty Smith ESPN at Travis Rockhold. And have an amazing week. God bless y'all. We'll see you next time around.